This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Okie dokie. We've got about 30 minutes, maybe fewer than 30 minutes left on our drive from Stoney's Rock and Rodeo back to my humble abode uh, where you'll be driving me off. And we are, in the meantime, going through many pages of notes regarding line dance and line dance related subjects. Well, let's take a look at what we got here. Um, list our fields jargon. There are a lot of very specific to line dance um, concepts and phrases and terms. Front wall, for example. Like, it's one thing for, for like, dance names to be considered jargon because, like, well, those steps are used in other, other kinds of dance. But, like, not many arrangements of dancers that I can think of in other forms of dance have, like, walls and things. At okay. least not, not that I'm aware of. So I'd like to see a bigger list. There are some uh, online guides for just, like, definitions, glossaries, that kind of thing. There's one. All right. Next bullet. Creativity compounds upon itself. If you use, if you keep using it, you will get more of it. Do you find that to be the case in your creative endeavors? Um. Yes. And no. Uh, a lot. Yes. It's like hardcore imprinting. Yeah. 
again, mostly yes. Mostly I find, like, the creative process um, can feed, like, a wildflower fire. But um, sometimes it will also stop short. Yeah, I actually had a note that isn't written here but is uh, still in my phone because it's a recent note. Um, that I think the best time to choreograph something is when you still enjoy listening to the song but before it makes you start to remember previous stages of life like I can listen to songs that I was listening to at the end of um, my run in the Music Man last semester at the JC and I was listening to this one particular song like on loop and I enjoyed it. I was like obsessed with it and I wanted to choreograph something to it. But now it's it's been so long that I already associate that with a previous stage of life and I don't feel like choreographing to it now is really appropriate. Like yeah. it, it's too tied to that previous period. Whereas I'm listening to some songs right now on the loop, but I know once I choreograph to it, I'm going to stop listening to the song. And I yeah. still enjoy listening to it. So, like, I, I have, like, this little playlist on Google Play Music of songs that I've already completed dances to. And, like, man, I used to listen to these all the time. Because I was, like, trying to figure out what dance should go with mm-hmm. it. That's why I was listening to them, and I still liked them. And now that they're done, I never listen to them. Yeah. Nothing's wrong with them. Nothing changed about them. But, like, I don't have that desire anymore. So if there's, like, this tiny little sliver of a window between wanting to hear the song all the time in the present, wanting to make a dance for it now, and before it becomes the past, and you have memories associated with it that are, like, kind of stale. Yeah. Somewhere right in there. So it's, like, the appropriate time to tag that song with a memory of the present, the dance that you create for it, and close the book on listening to it before it's too late. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because, like, I know, like, the dance that I'm specifically referencing and the song I'm specifically referencing, like, as, like, just stopping short is, like, I listened to it over and over and I thought I would, like, never get tired of this song. And, like, it came on my playlist the other day, and I was kind of like, ooh, ouch. Yeah. Yeah, that one. And it was almost like a poke at me for my lack of creativity with it. Yeah. Because, like, that was exactly it. It was, like, the steps were just, it was, I don't know, it just, like, after I was done... I was just like, I thought about it, I thought about it, I was like, there wasn't much of a hook there, they didn't really, like, grab my, you know, the attention the way I was originally hoping for, and so then I was like, okay, well, I've tried to do this so many different times, and I've tried to adjust it so many different times, maybe if I just walk away and come back with fresh eyes, it'll be different, but I haven't come back with fresh eyes yet, and it's been about a month, Yeah. so... We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah, the songs that I'm really enjoying right now, I still feel like I'm in that state. Like, I'm in that stage of um, life where these songs are happening now. The ones that I 
haven't finished anything to remind me of stuff. Yeah. Like, nothing from the present reminds me of anything. I'm, I'm still in the present. It can't remind me of anything. Like, reminding me of yesterday means nothing, because it's like, it's like I've slept once since then. It's the same era. But the other ones are like, whoa, I remember that time of life when I was going to this this place more often and shopping for these groceries and I don't need that stuff lately because I don't desire it. A lot of things are different now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it almost feels like doing a dance to it now would be like a tribute to that time. But I don't want to do tributes to previous times. I want to do what I want to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's another dance-related one. Uh, Does there need to be a pause after distinctive dances before new ones lift signature steps from it? So rather than have a dance that does a very signature thing in it um, rather than have that dance be out at the same time as another dance that is also doing that same thing borrowed from the first dance uh, does there need to be more time left in between those two dances so that even if you come up with a great dance that uses similar steps like do you give it a grace period let it get played a lot at the circuit or whatever events. Um, let it kind of start to fade and then introduce yours um, because they're so similar. Or does it matter? I, well, given the fact that I haven't released anything via circuit anything, um, I really don't know how much of an expert I can be as for actual timing of releases. Being a dancer... Um, like it's a little bit tricky because obviously there's a time and a place where things like really hit and they hit well. Uh, perfect example, uh, Shady. They had choreographed it months in advance before they released it. They just never did anything with it. And then they finally released it and it took off really well from uh, at least in the NorCal, SoCal genre mm-hmm. um, or demographics. Yeah, it's getting um, a lot of positive feedback over in the UK as well. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's like obviously them waiting to release that specific dance really benefited them. Um, they released it at the right time for what, how it was received. Um whether it was, you know, had similar movements to another dance at the time, you know, like, that might not have been the case, but there is something to be said about timing of a dance, um, you know, uh, John, I was just, I feel like dancing. Right. You know, I know a lot of people said that, you know, had they seen his first they really would have rather have done his so like he almost waited too long yeah he is the first person I knew who had a dance in the works for Shape of You that feels like ages ago now yeah before the 21 came out yep and he even decided to scrap his because of how other people released it and how theirs hit that was back when there were only like two or three yeah so um 
with that said, you know, it's like timing is a lot of it. Mm-hmm. However, there is something to be said about the reasons you like certain dances. And maybe it's because at that moment in time, you can relate to whatever song or movement is happening that maybe you would be more inclined to dance and learn one that is similar because it's in that same tone. True. Like Fake ID and, um, and Four on the Floor both starting with the right wizard step. Yeah. And I, I liked doing those both at the same time. Exactly. So, because it's something that, like, it filled that, that need of where you were and what you wanted to accomplish. Um, but at the same time, you don't want one to be overlooked because the other has been released. So, I don't know. Okay. It'd be interesting to see that on a more, like, statistical scale and like see if there is anything that hit well or like similarities that prospered versus similarities that didn't okay let's see what we got next year oh I used to uh, speaking of four on the floor and uh, fake ID I used to stomp for personal power now taunt or not taunt tut um so I guess what that's saying is the way that I was using my muscles and expressing my muscular ability in dance before for strength was just blasting my heels into the ground with my boots. And now I, I see, and this, this is, of course, an old set of notes, but at the time that I wrote this, um, a new way that I saw could express, uh, that could express muscular strength is just quick contractions like tutting or body isolations because you still need to use and engage your muscles but you're not hurting yourself in theory um (laughs) yeah I guess I mean it's hard because I never stopping was never my thing and the little bit of stopping I did was not for muscular reasons Well, I guess when I say muscular, I mean, like, when you just need to get aggression out and you need to use your muscles to do it, like, you're contracting everything, but, like, you're not just contracting it and leaving it there, you're contracting it and sending that energy into the ground. Yeah, um, that, that, that helps clarify a little bit. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, it's not so much the stop, really. Because, like, I think about, like, one of my, like, cathartic dances in that sense of getting the aggression out. And it's um, Dukes and Boots. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, That's one that I go hard on when I do it. Um, Otherwise, I feel like I'm doing it wrong. And that's just with the way it flows. Um, But I don't stomp in that dance. Even at the end? In the last two counts? I barely stop. I use my heel just a little bit. Um, I put more with with the heel with that li- the heel little jack. stomp and then going into the 
the heel and heel turn. Oh, the first two counts. Um, I put more attitude in that than I do like physical oomph. Um, it's the heel jacks that I put like the actual physical aggression towards because it's like the jumping, but I still don't like the stomping aspect. So like I, when I'm using my weight and I'm hopping, I'm I'm still coming down pretty soft on my feet. Um, cause again, the stomping was never really my thing, but like, I like big long movements. So I like, I take bigger strides in that dance, um, than I do most dances. So I really, I mean, like, I'm trying to think of a dance that, like, I really stomp on and I really can't, I mean. What about four on the floor at the end after the kick and cross and kick and cross? Or, um, uh, side shuffles, toe and toe and heel. Yeah, I, do, I, I mean, I, like, obviously I pick up my foot and I set it back down, but I really don't stomp. Like, what about fake ID during the three stomps? Again, I mean, that one, I remember one time stomping harder than I meant to and it going, eh, no, I didn't like that. Yeah. So, it's a guy thing. Maybe I just had boots that were made for it. Maybe um, there's just some people who like stomping. Oh, yeah, no, there's certainly people who love stomping and um, that's how they get out their, you know, like, aggression or whatever. But that was certainly not me and what I was originally using that particular movement for. Um, I actually try and find alternate ways to the stomps. Like, a lot of my stomps are, like, more like toes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or, um... I'll do the same thing with, like, certain claps or whatever. Um, in... Cowboy hip hop slash uh, George Peaches. Okay. Um, where there's like the stomp clap portion of it. Like right before you do your um, your point and turn. Um, I, don't, I use my hips. Oh, that's um, the. Okay, so you, you have the big drag and then you step together. The yeah. Big drag, bump, bump. Yeah, a lot of people stomp and clap. Okay. I use my hips. I go together and I go bump, bump with my hips. I'm pretty sure neither of those are in the step sheet. No. Go figure. Which, yeah, and that's because I have found I that like there's certain things that like j- I just don't want to do in that movement um, for whatever reason. Like it doesn't. It doesn't release whatever cathartic energy I needed it to, whereas, like, bumping my hip would. Right. Um, and again, like I said, like, I try and find alternatives to the stomping. And that's not, like, say that, like, it's a bad thing or anything like that, but, um, you know, I do enjoy giving a dance 110% of all my energy to the point where like walking off the floor is a chore because I'm so exhausted Um, but again I think 
You know what I really think it is? It's because I was dancing on that concrete for as long as I was. Ugh, the trade winds, yeah. And That'll like, wreck you. Exactly. And I think it just, I learned very quickly that there's just certain movements that do not complement well when it comes to concrete. Uh, I was doing this stuff at like Mavericks with a nice sprung floor. Exactly. Absorbs everything. Exactly. So maybe had I learned some of these dances that, you know, required or allowed for the kind of stopping and, you know, like energy that wouldn't hurt me as bad, that maybe I would have liked it better then. But like, you know, I just think of that floor and I go, oh, no, thank you. I've found uh, shoulder pops and chest pops to be interesting areas to explore for my body as far as like where I might normally stomp there. Maybe I just put a little bit more shoulder or pec emphasis and get that uh, in the same space where normally my heels would be destroying themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I can like, I can relate because like I'll find alternative ways to release that same kind of energy so I, I can I can understand that at least, but like, yeah, stomping was just never my thing. I guess I don't know. Somewhat related, I have a note here. And uh, see, there's a here's a quick one. I'll just kind of get out of the way because it's more or less what we said about dance teams earlier, uh, with like having mystique and making them the kind of thing that you would want to like pay money to see, uh, because like the information is withheld. Okay. I have one note that just says. Um, don't explain anything about yourself unsolicited. Mystery is an asset. In, in, not necessarily something you, nece- you, you should uh, always apply for yourself or whatever in developing like long-lasting real relationships, but for like business purposes, that can be useful um, to have that, that mystery. Anyway, uh, the other thing that was related was market self-defense line dances, like how Taekwondo had forms where... Um, like growing up doing Taekwondo, we would do these, I guess you could call them choreographed, sets of like blocks and strikes and whatnot. And you could, in theory, do that with line dance and have like aggressive movements that um, are musical. But if you did them in a real life situation with like invisible attackers in front of you, you could do some damage. Hmm. Yeah. Not necessarily something I'm going to do, but. Now it's in the universe, and maybe somebody else can do it. Line dancing for self-defense. And then you feel prepared when you leave the club. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see what else we've got here. Oh, learn more about situational memory and how that affects whether people learn line dances. Um, like situational memory being like the time and place in which you were exposed to something and how that affects how strong your memory is of it, how many different inputs there are, like whether you have fragrances, things like that. Like when people say they um, you know, chew gum when they study and then they chew gum when they do the test, it supposedly helps. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that um, you need to like study in a way that you can then also take the test in the same way. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be having like music blaring or something like that because that's not something you'll be able to do while doing the test. Right. Yeah, like doing Chase That Dollar at Boots and Buckles tonight uh, was a different experience than when I do it in other 
places because I don't recall doing it uh, unless we did it at the last social and I don't remember. Um, like, it was different walls. It was like wall amnesia on all four walls. <laughs> like, I was still able to do it for the most part, but, like, there were a couple parts where I was, like, you know, turning over my shoulder, looking at the other group, seeing, like, okay, are they going there next? Okay, that's, that's where we are next. Like, it's not deep enough into my body where it's, like, independent of all context. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, this one's nice. Create a world medley of dances for international students. So, uh, I at Sonoma State was asked to teach uh, some like foreign exchange students um, line dancing because it's like part of American culture but really it's part of world culture it is thank you UK thank yeah. you Netherlands Australia. thank you Australia so I think it would be neat to have um, let's see it's world medley of dances so like a little package of dances that you can Select for how they represent the scenes in each of these different areas differently. That'd be cool. Yeah. Alright. Let's see. We actually have pulled up at my house. So I'll just look for a couple more quickies here. Prompt line dance sci-fi ideas. I like that. I don't even know what that would entail. Maybe we could explore that in a uh, future episode. Um, Not sure how to interpret that. Yeah. Man, and then that just opens the door to like all kinds of crossovers, like line dance and the fantasy genre, yeah. uh, and like you know, princes and princesses and things like that. And really, line dance and any of the themes that they do for those themed events, like Wizard of Oz or line dance and underwater or line dance and superheroes in Egypt. Yeah. So I wonder what like line dance space opera would be like for you know, Star Trek and Star Wars, those kinds of things. Uh, let's see. Well, some of these are a little bit longer, so I'm just kind of passing over them. Okay, here's one since we were looking at burying the weird ones toward the end. Um, people develop fetishes later in life to take control of something that was imposed on them when they were younger. Do dancers need to feel in control of their ability to entertain because they were forced to put on a show for their parents' approval when they were younger? Whoa get an intense late night line dance conversation whew heh heh I don't even know if we need to answer that uh, it's, it's out there though it's out there yeah any thoughts yeah and I've kind of said it before like It's such a, a welcoming place and so amazingly accepting mm-hmm. um, that I feel as though it's something that I've looked to belong to my whole life. Mm-hmm. Was I think the words I used, mm. um, and yeah, I was like, if you look back at it as to why I would need a place to belong, would be because you know, growing up, I felt I didn't have a place. Mm. So yeah, I guess in 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 some ways, it. it it 
could be a true enough statement. And a card-carrying member of the Weird Kids Club as well. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's a new thought. Hmm. Let you digest over that for a day or two. Uh, I've got one here that says, Big public events are great because you get to escape real life for a while, but the benefit of going back to normal is that you have private rituals and secret in-group favorite dances that you can indulge in again. I think that was very um, clear at uh, Boots and Buckles tonight seen some dances that you would not see on the wider circuit because I mean, they're just not really beyond local dances. But they still enjoy them here, and they've been doing them for however long they've been doing them. And it doesn't have to be more than that. They can just enjoy them with their friends. Yeah. They don't have to, quote, play in Peoria. Yeah. Mm, oh, approach Guyton about him writing a book or being in a documentary series. <laughs> I should do that. I wonder if he'd be interested in something like that. Maybe give him a couple years of just enjoying retirement. With Natalie. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, if there were a website that had this feature, I think it would be pretty neat. Pick the best of many variations for a song. Uh, I wonder if I meant dance. Yeah, that must have been what I meant. Uh, but, like, let's say you have some... And this could be used as a choreography tool or just for the fun of flair. Um if you have like a grapevine and then you upgrade that to like rolling vine or whatever that else is on the chain of substitutions for that particular movement, uh, then you can look at a dance and think, oh, that looks kind of boring. But then you start just thinking, oh, what if I threw this, 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 and this here? And then you upgrade all these different zones of it. You're like, oh, wow. Okay, now if I did that, that'd be kind of fun. Okay, I'll learn this one. Like there's potential here. So just an idea. Yeah, makes it look, uh, or uh, at a glance, you can see what it would look like in uh, a slightly flashier context. Because, uh, like we mentioned in the other note, like half of a dance looking good is dancers deciding to make it look good. Yeah. And if they want it to look boring, then they can do that too. So, um, yeah, two way street. Uh, this one we kind of mentioned because I already tag some of my podcast episodes with this everything is line dance Mm. I had something here that said everything is line dance series so for each one like everything is line dance fire extinguishers everything is line dance oak trees (laughs) and like each one would be a different thing that just covers a different uh, yeah this is also line dance Mm. let's see if I have any major ones to hit before we shut down. Well, that's a big one. We can talk about that at length later. Uh, oh, that one too. Mm. Mm. Oh, people watch normal TV versus self-curated playlists so they can get the same swept-up feeling of order as people who dance to DJ music over self-requested or chosen. Sometimes it's nice just to let somebody else drive. True story. Yeah. And... People still, even though they could watch whatever they want, you know, on demand for the most part, um, using like Netflix or whatever, a lot of people still just like to turn on the TV and see what's on and like eat their applesauce or whatever, <laughs> and just kind of f- find themselves in that groove. 
like at home we can play whatever music we want, but it is kind of nice to have that unexpected song pop up uh, when the DJ decides to play it. Yeah. Mm, oh, and then this was something that we, that we mentioned earlier, um, the album version of a dance. When when you hear like okay, so back in the day with live music, if there was no album before albums were a thing. There was just the live performance, and the live performance was different every time. Sometimes it would be better than others, mm-hmm. but in theory, the version that shows up on the album is the ideal way that it should sound. With line dance, you've got kind of something, some something similar there, where every time that it's danced, it's different. But if you have the ability to record it in a studio and you know, have the nice floor and everything like that, you could, in theory, record the album version of that dance that all other live uh, expressions of it aspire to be like. True. And it doesn't have to mean like thumbs and buckles, everybody doing it in sync. Like it could be like the best flair people with the fanciest, coolest stuff who like break into variations midway through. So that, you know. Um, the best version of it could be like watching Rachel do it while Roy is doing it and Philip and all the other people who can do crazy things with their bodies. All right, I think there was one. One of the reasons why I love watching all the different videos of the Beast. Mm-hmm, yep. That's an excellent example. Let's see if I can find one more big one here. Hmm. That's not so large that we're here for another hour. Oh, no, big just in the sense of like... Oh, yeah, okay, here's one. Even if I don't learn every line dance, I want to see all of its angles inside and out, like a prism, and all of the forms that can be created from the details of the basic structure. The idea behind the uh, a prism is that when you hold it up and you don't look directly at it, but you shine light through it, you can sort of see the effect that the light has had on its shape and everything that splits out from it is like an expression of it and then you shine light at it from another angle and it looks different on this other wall it has all these other different patterns that that show up and I, I, when you look at the prism itself, it's pretty simple. It's just a carven, um, however many-sided piece of plastic or glass or something like that. Um, so I really enjoy seeing all the different expressions that line dance has. Like when you look on this wall, you see all the cowboy hats and everything in Italy and Spain. And then when you look on this wall, you see all the soul line dance and... and um, uh, different kind of step categories that are done like in the south and then on this wall you see the circuit and on this wall you see American country bars uh, versus like whatever happens over in Europe and I in seeing all of the different walls that the light is being cast upon I'm getting a clear idea of what that prism is shaped like and that's what I'm really I guess it's sort of an ongoing exploration is trying to figure out the the shape of that uh, line dance prism. Hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. it's probably something very simple. Like just watching even birds flying in formation, I still get that sense that this is like 
This is sort of like one of the tiny little offshoot expressions of whatever the line dance prism looks like. Where it's like super universal. <laughs> all right. Well, we can come back to all these notes another time, as I'm sure we will. There are so many of these to get through. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we part for the evening? Nothing really hops out at me. Okay. Well, thank you again to everybody out there who has listened this far through this many hours. I guess in this case, it's only 36 minutes because they only listened to this segment. But if they've been listening to all of these in order with the lack of organization or guarantee that anything we talk about will be Mm. interesting. Or make sense. (laughs) Yeah, any of that. um, Having to listen to our voices through the sound of like rumbling road outside. Um, Y'all are troopers. And we very much appreciate that uh, that you've given any kind of time to hear this nonsense. <laughs> uh, and oh my goodness! And you are so welcome to um, contribute to the conversation as well. Um, as came up recently, uh, Stephanie. Yes. Uh, if you if you're listening to this and you think, oh, I have something to say about this, we do have a Facebook page. It is Line Dance Podcast. Uh, we managed to snag the name before anybody else. So, um, yeah, if, if we post one of these episodes and you say, hey, at this, and you know, at like 12, 12 minutes and 36 seconds, at this point in the podcast, you mentioned this. Here's what I think about that. I'd definitely love to, to converse further on whatever it is that you would like to converse further about. I'm just so happy that I have at least Megan here to indulge me in my how many pages of notes that I've been taking for these several months. And if you'd like to indulge me as well, feel free to chime in on Facebook. Yeah. All right. Well, until next time, we'll see you on the dance floor.